Hey, on episode 214 of the Jeep Talk Show, we'll take a look at the point standings at this year's King of the Hammers and how a NASCAR company is bringing Jeeps back to the battlefront. We have voicemails to play. We hear from the mind of Nikki G. Cody is back with an all-new Grand Adventure. We'll find out some off-road events that are coming up in Wheeling Ware. We'll enter the debate of what's stock and what is not. Delve into some of the things that you'll want to consider when buying your first lift kit. Amazon, you bought what is back, and there's a whole lot more coming up on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler. Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. First week in G. Oh, the King of the Hammers is underway. Oh, and it's been an awesome year so far. It all started on January 29th, and as we are recording this, February 4th, there are still two days of racing left. So who are the big names this year so far? Well, in the Ultra 4 class, Randy Slauson way ahead of Eric Miller and Levi Shirley. In the Modified class, Brandon Curry, we all know that name, Jordan Townsend, and Sean Rance round out the top three. And in the Stock class, Matthew Peterson way ahead of Sean McNamara and Ben Verosa, who are in a tight battle for point standings in the second place tie. Uh, for live coverage, video, stats, bio, stats, bios, and the full breakdown of every event with all the standings and numbers your little Jeep heart can digest, head over to ultra4racing.com. Oh, and if you guys think that off-road racing might not be for you or it might be just boring and filled with hazy, dusty, and out-of-focus shots of jalopies rallying around the desert, then you haven't seen the four-minute highlight reel from last year's King of the Hammers or the one-minute 19 seconds of adrenaline-pumping, bead-popping, axle-breaking, rock-bashing, octane-fueled carnage that is this year's highlights from the infamous nighttime shootout event. Let me just say this, guys. I had goosebumps, and the hair on the back of my neck was standing up before the 30-second mark in each video. There's a reason they call it the Hammers, folks, and if you haven't seen any footage of this epic event, do yourself a favor and do so now. Seriously, I just did, and now I have some dirt to eat, rocks to chew, and I'm going to go wash it down with some 90 weight. <clears throat> Got a little excited there. It'll happen. Well, hey, the Jeep, uh, is Jeep going to go back in battle? Well, we don't know, and we're not talking about King of the Hammers. No, we are talking about the Jeep Wrangler that could be headed back to the battlefield. According to reports, negotiations are currently underway with the U.S. Army to adapt the iconical American off-roader for military use. I, for one, say it's about darn time. The Rangers would serve as inexpensive, lightweight, unarmored vehicles that could be more easily airlifted into remote locations rather than the costlier, heavier, and bulkier options. These lightweight, ultra-capable Jeeps would be able to be more nimbly navigate the, uh, the battlefield or war-torn cities ravaged by ordnance fire. Proposal is not being fielded by the Jeep brand itself or its parent company, FCA, but by Hendrick Dynamics. That's right, the very same Hendrick from Hendrick Motorsports. The Charlotte-based offshoot of the NASCAR racing team calls its modified Wrangler the Hendrick Commando. Although Commando already exists, or at least used to, in the old Jeepster platform that is getting a bit of a revival lately in the restoration crowds. I digress. Instead of the 3.6-liter Pentastar V6 found in most U.S. market Wranglers, the Hendrick version employs the 2.8-liter diesel four-cylinder built by Via Motori. Except this little workhorse has had some serious enhancements that I, for one, think should be immediately reverse-engineered to be retrofitted into any Jeep still on the road. This 2.8-liter has been modified to run on any type of diesel fuel in existence. 
And if that wasn't good enough, it will also run perfectly fine on JP-8 jet fuel. Now there's some diversity for you. This makes the platform a very attractive battlefront vehicle, minimizing its deployment versatility. It would also support a variety of modular attachments for specific jobs, ranging from machine gun mounts and counter mine rakes to radar arrays and advanced communications equipment. Hendrick says the commando could also be deployed by a helicopter or in cargo planes with zero modifications to the current design. And because it's based on a civilian platform, the commando would also benefit from the latest advancements introduced by its manufacturer. The parts and service network already in place and the thorough testing that's already gone into developing the Wrangler for civilian use. Hendrick has reportedly built 14 prototypes to date, including the two-door Commando 2, based on the standard Wrangler, the four-door Commando 4, based on the Wrangler Unlimited, and even a pickup conversion called the Commando S. It's not, however, the only company adapting Jeep Wranglers for military application. Israel-based Automotive Industries Limited has been producing successive versions of the Wrangler-based Storm for use by the Israeli Defense Forces and other militaries overseas since 1990. The U.S. Army awards the contract for the commercial off-the-shelf, or COTS, vehicle to Hendrix Dynamics. It would bring the iconic Jeep back to the battlefield, right where it got its start in the first place, with the Willys MB launched in 1941 on contract from the U.S. Army for deployment in World War II. In similar but far more prolific fashion to the AM General Hummer that followed decades later, its success as a military vehicle led to its adoption by civilians for off-road use. 75 years and several generations of deployment later, the Wrangler is still produced at the same plant in Toledo, Ohio. That leaves me with just only one thing to say, people. America. Hey, if you guys have any inside, in, inside information on this or any of our boys out there deployed in the sandbox have any candid pics of these in action, please send them over to info at jeeptalkshow.com. We'd appreciate it. You're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast at my mom's house. XJTalk.com. It's where you go when you're not off-road. You already know about XJ Talk on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. But did you know we're on YouTube as well? We have often on-road adventures, how-tos for fixing or augmenting your Jeep. Besides, man cannot live by sound alone, right? Come see what we got at youtube.com slash user slash xjtalk. Don't forget to subscribe and make comments on our videos. Hey, so coming up on Wrangler Talk, can my Rubicon or any Rubicon off the lot be called a stock Wrangler? We'll find out my take on this coming up later in the show. And hey, coming up later this week, guys, uh, I've been teasing for the last couple few weeks now an interview that I did here recently with some guys here in my studio, and they're actually here from my state, the guys from Oregon Trail Off-Road, and they've got a huge trip coming up, an epic, a historic journey, really. They're going to backtrack the Lewis and Clark Trail all the way back to, I think it's Missouri, uh, here from Oregon. It's going to be a 40-day journey, guys, and this is something that's never been done before. I had a chance to get the interview with these guys uh, before they're going to head out. We're going to talk to them again. You guys can hear the first round of interview uh, that we're going to be releasing here very soon, so um, stay tuned for that. It will be a bonus download, and trust me, guys, this is something you definitely want to get in on. Absolutely. So um, were we going to be releasing that this week, uh, Josh, or are you uh, quite ready for that? Uh, yeah, so as this is playing, uh, we'll be uh, we'll be releasing that. So um, right now, it's not it's it's just about done in editing, and uh, we're going to be working on that over the weekend. So as our podcasters are listening to this, this will be the week that it will be released. Excellent. I thought that was correct. I just want to make sure it was uh, that I was correct, and we could uh, promote that to all our listeners. 
So I want to remind you guys that the Jeep Talk Show has made a modification. We now support smartphones. In other words, it will uh, rearrange itself. Uh, the Voltron, Voltron rearranged itself, Josh? I don't think so. It just kind of got uh, bigger. Voltron just came together. Just came together. Okay, so yeah. not like Voltron, but uh, it'll rearrange itself to your screen, and it makes it very easy to tell people uh, how to go over to the Jeep Talk Show and listen to one of our uh, podcasts, you know, to get them hooked. Make them a listener, and then you guys have something extra to talk about, uh, whether it be about around the campfire off-road or around the water cooler at work. So just go over to uh, jeeptalkshow.com with your smartphone. You'll see the list of podcast episodes that we have there. Click on the episode to select, and then you will be presented with a nice big fat play button that you can hit and listen to us while you're uh, mowing the grass or watching somebody mow the grass for you or at the gym working out or uh, just pretty much anything you're driving back and forth, uh, <laughs> driving back and forth uh, to work every day. Jeepers don't work out. <laughs> That's I I'm, did today. Uh, they have to sometimes with the, uh, the one hour worth of work that turns into eight hours worth of work under the what? Jeep. So let me tell you guys about the 4x4 radio network. The Jeep Talk Show, the 4x4 podcast, Center Steer, which is Land Rovers, Money Microphone, ATVs, have all joined forces to create a network. We'll be adding more shows in the lineup soon, and you can visit 4x4radionetwork.com and listen to all these great podcasts simply by pressing the play button. There's no better place to get all your 4x4 information. That's 4x4 Radio Network, www.4x4radionetwork.com. And, you know, we love hearing from all of you, so be sure to leave us a, voice, a voicemail by calling 530-675-4102, or you can jump over to our website at jeeptalkshow.com and leave us a message. On the right-hand side of the screen, just click the Send Questions Comments button. Yep. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so at the beep, leave your message. Hey, guys, I'm Tammy. It's Joliet Johnny. Uh, I just learned a valuable lesson. Well, the bank account did. I went on eBay to order some heated power mirrors for my XJ and uh, got that in the cart and went poking around a bit more and well, now I have a rear bumper showing up. It's got a tire carrier. It was only $675. Oh, my well, God. Be sure to post pics. Keep up the good work. Oh, I think I forgot to say what the lesson I learned was. Uh, this one's for the Paps boys. PBR plus eBay do not mix. Yeah. That is all. Oh. <laughs> and now he's going to be sleeping on the couch for the next three months. Um, no, no, I, I know all too well how one purchase can be get another, and pretty soon your cart has more digits than your phone number. Not good. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, well, it's going to be fun. He probably will sleep in the Jeep and be just perfectly happy with that because he'll get to look, right. at that, look at that back bumper that uh, that he got. So, well, yeah, thanks for calling in. Yeah, thanks for calling in, and uh, okay. all you need now is a cooler to keep the PBR cool in the Jeep. Right. Let's get over to Dave and uh, his voicemail. Hey, Jeep Talk Show. I was just watching Jeep Mama's Snow 2016 videos with her Rubicon, oh, no. and I noticed that she has a soft top on it. I was curious if it was the regular soft top or the upgraded one and how she liked it in the cold winter weather. I live in the Northwest, and although we don't get as much snow and, and get as cold as she does, we do get a lot of rain, and it does get some chilly um, mornings 
Anyway, curious how you like it and how it compares to maybe a hard top if you know and how it is in the wintertime. Thanks. Well, I have a 2015 Rubicon and it's the best stop. Um, I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, soft top. And now it's the premium Sunrider soft top. That's what it's called. Um, I think it's fine. I don't feel like it's very cold because Jeep has such powerful heater vents. Um, now my kids in the back feel a little differently, but I give them blankets. But actually, <laughs> honestly, I don't think it's that cold. I, I think it's fine. She I says think they, from the, the comfort of the front seat. Yeah. The, the yeah. blankets actually for when I put my top down. Um, but I like it. It's easy to take down. Um, well, it's a lot, a lot easier to handle than a hard top. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, and you know I don't have any experience with the hard top. I never did have a hard top, um, so I can't really say to that. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, guys, thank you for your voicemails and keep those voicemails coming in. We love hearing from you and uh, responding back to you with your questions and uh, sometimes uh, uh, funny off-color comments. Oh, I just sorry, Tony, real quick, and it is very watertight. I, I know he mentioned that. So. Oh, anyway. I didn't hear that. Good. Uh, good point there. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Get out of my face, yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? No clue. And where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show? We'd like to hear from you right now, damn it. So call our number at uh, 530-675-4102 or go over to our jeeptalkshow.com. Uh, and right there on the right-hand side, you'll see kind of in uh, vertical, horizontal, left-handed letters, send questions and comments. Yeah, you got to need a, a T-square and a couple other things to find it. But it's, it's red, so you should be able to see it right on the right-hand side of the screen. So let us know where you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at. And another place you guys can listen to the Jeep Talk Show at is on our YouTube channel where we have uploads going up constantly. And you guys can check out all of our great content and make sure you guys are subscribing. We do appreciate those subscriptions at youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. And make sure you tell a friend, get them to subscribe as well. And now the time we all look forward to, and that's something we listen to each and every week. It's hearing from the mind of Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, I got a problem logging into the uh, XJ Talk website this week. Every time I type in my password, it says my password is incorrect. And uh, so, a few questions. Uh, how did my password change from super fudge to incorrect? And uh, is that incorrect with a capital H? All right, gentlemen, I'll uh, chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. You know, I, I, didn't, I, did, K. I didn't listen to all these, but I'm hoping he found his way uh, able to log in to the uh, xjtalk.com site. We don't change those passwords, so no. hopefully, uh, hopefully. You he, just forgot it. Yeah, hopefully that was the case. 
Hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, I just want to say, a couple weeks ago, Josh's subconscious read my voicemail, and pervade him, and quite well, I must say. It had me thinking for a second, did you guys alter my voice, or am I really Josh's subconscious? Or is he in my mind, or am I in his mind? <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll make your brain hurt thinking about it. It does, it hurts. Anyway, I, I enjoyed it, and thank you. <laughs> and... uh Saying off a uh, few few uh, comments about my Nokia Genius Boost. Uh, it was uh, G30, and I didn't didn't realize if it was warm or not when uh, when I took it off. It didn't wasn't standing out of my mind that it was smoking hot. But uh, I charged it up and I used it the next day to jumpstart the Jeep when I put the new alternator in, and it seemed to work good. And I I reached out to Nokia to, to see if I did any long-term damage to it or what do they what do they think and so if I hear back from them I'll, I'll let you know but uh, they should they should already know about it because I'm sure they listen to the show. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm almost up to a minute thirty, so uh, I'll chat at you later. He's Goodbye. watching. The, he's watching the he's clock. He's watching now. the clock. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, if you guys didn't uh, hear it from last week, basically uh, Nikki G had an alternator issue with his, uh, his uh, Jeep Cherokee and uh, he kept going and kept going and it finally died. So he was wishing he had a second battery and he thought about the, uh, the little boost, uh, the genius boost that he had. So uh, he tried clipping that onto the, the battery and then kind of pushing it down the side so it wouldn't be sitting on top of the battery and uh, cranked up his Jeep and drove 14 more miles home. So uh, if the alternator was dead, that means he ran 14 miles on that uh, that little uh, right. boost adapter thing. So uh, it was a, a great tip for how to get home if you uh, don't have an extra battery. Uh, well, I guess he kind of did, but boy, those things are just tiny. It's just amazing that I just can't believe how robust that was. That is awesome to, yeah. to hear. So yeah. yeah, thanks Nikki G for the update on that. Yep, great tip. Hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, it's one of congratulate Cody for uh, putting a new podcast out. I look forward to listening to it, and I'll add it to my repertoire, which is a fancy word for things I need to do. And uh, you, you've inspired me, and I have two have just recorded my first podcast. Whale it's, songs. Uh, me interviewing a turnip for one hour. <laughs> really? And it's uh, pretty painful to listen to. I ask it all the tough and interesting questions that everybody else is afraid to ask a turnip. Did you just but, uh, fall off the truck? It's still more interesting to listen to than the uh, presidential oh. debates. <laughs> I will give him that. Womp, 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 womp. <laughs> and uh, I had a comment about uh, Nathan getting water in his uh, transmission. And uh, if you ever want to learn more about water crossing or how to be a U-boat commander, you guys need to contact Cantab27. Because Wayne has done more water crossings than, well, he has pictures of him of water crossings <laughs> than any person I've ever seen in my life. So I imagine if you have any questions about it, he's the person to get in touch with. All right, gentlemen, I'll uh, chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. That's true. And I think his latest trick with his uh, uh, Jeep, um, I think it's a Wrangler. I don't think it's a CJ. Yeah. I think it's a Wrangler that he's uh, a TJ yeah, that he it's has. A YJ, I think. Is it a YJ? Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I don't remember seeing the uh, 
the leaf springs on the front or the square headlights, but maybe so. Anyway, uh, the, his latest trick was to get the wiring harness uh, caught into his uh, uh, drive line somehow, and it ripped the whole thing out oh my as it goodness. spun around. I don't know how he did it. I didn't. I didn't want to make him feel any worse, but he's in, been in the process of uh, rewiring his Jeep. So, yeah, he, uh, if you can figure out something to do to a Jeep, uh, Cantab, uh, we'll figure that out. Our, our friend down under. And I, I, I don't mean that bad way, in a bad way. Hey, this is Nikki G again. <laughs> and uh, He's got any listeners out there have a St. Bernard they can loan me. I would love to borrow it. I need to put a, a little barrel of uh, alcohol under his neck. And uh, take him up to Canada and set him loose in search of Super Croc. Super Croc, we haven't heard from him in a while. I'm getting worried. I can't get this image of uh, you standing in the middle of a frozen field with your tongue stuck to a flagpole. <laughs> it's got me worried. And uh, Joe called in and last week and was talking about... Uh, weight training and stuff so you don't need to hire a trainer to for weights uh, just take your wife to the mall uh, you'll learn more about waiting then than any that anybody could ever tell you all right gentlemen i will uh chat to you later. and ladies sorry tammy i'll chat to you later. <laughs> gonna you call him out Got himself just in time. You know, I don't know if you guys have Bass Pro Shops or, or some big manly outdoor type uh, thing at your your local malls, but we have Bass Pro Shops down here. And I think the only problem with Bass Pro Shop is it's so huge, they need to break it up. They need it at the four corners of the mall. So whenever the wife goes into that uh, that darling little store yeah. with all the fancy little knickknacks, you can kind of peel off and go to Bass Pro Shop B. <laughs> or C or D. That would be a good idea. <laughs> that way you don't have to, uh, you know, you look forward to those little stops because you can make the bad dash. Well, Nikki G, thanks a lot for the calls. We really appreciate it. As always, every week, always entertaining. This has been From the Mind of Nikki G. Listening to a four by four by four radio network podcast. Well, it's been a couple of weeks and uh, hadn't heard anything from uh, Cody and the Grand Adventure, but not so this week. We have, uh, I believe, it's his episode twelve of the Grand Adventure, and uh, we did make a comment last week about uh, uh, Cody joining the four by four radio network, and he has. I'll uh, be updating you uh, when you can start looking for for his podcast. He has not released it yet. But uh, he is going to be a uh, a member of uh, the 4x4 Radio Network, and we're very proud to uh, to have him. So let's get over to uh, episode 12 of The Grand Adventure with Cody of TrailChasers.net. Hey guys, it's Cody with TrailChasers.net. This is the next episode of Grand Adventure. So <clears throat> one of our friends, uh, Steve, has a 97 Jeep Grand Cherokee ZJ. Uh, it's got a 5.5-inch lift, 33-inch tires, and when he did the lift... He had the shop that was working on it do a new transmission and transfer case, and he got rid of the all-time four-wheel drive and went with a standard uh, two-high, four-high, four-low transfer case. I can't remember which model it was. But they did not do anything with the front drive shaft. So when we were wheeling over the uh, uh, New Year's holiday, 
Steve did two really cool things. The first one was uh, after a day's worth of adult beverages uh, going on a night run and trying to outrun one of our buddies, he dumped the one side of the ZJ into a ditch, into a trench, uh, a very deep rut. And the weight of the vehicle came down and he hit a rock or something with the steering components. And he took his uh, drag link and completely bent it 90 degrees. So um, it was still drivable, but the front wheels were uh, pitched. It looked like a a pigeon-toed kid walking down the road. The next day, we uh, went out and kept wheeling. And uh, he was trying to back out of an obstacle and blew out his front drive shaft completely. Um, the, the that version of of Grand Cherokee comes with a double cardon Rezepa drive shaft, which means it's got U joints up by the transfer case like normal, but down by the uh, drive by the uh, axle, it has this weird coupling that is used as the universal joint and they're known to be weak. I've talked to a couple guys that had ZJs prior to buying my Grand Cherokee and, and they all told me that's the weak link of that uh, drivetrain. And sure enough, he, he, he blew the thing up completely. Uh, we took the drive shaft off, drove it over to my house, put it in the garage so we could start tearing into it. Uh, and the good news is that for as long as he's had the Jeep, there's been a grinding noise while we drove it um, with the front drive shaft out. That grinding noise is gone. So uh, one problem solved, I guess. Uh, we tore the thing apart and um, uh, checked out the gears inside the front differential. Everything seems to be fine. Uh, the axle seemed to be fine. It, it seems to be isolated just to that Rezepa joint on the front drive shaft. But um, in order to get the thing running again, we're going to have to order a new drive shaft and we're going to, <clears throat> excuse me, we're going to upgrade to the um, standard double card on U joint fittings. So if you are considering a Grand Cherokee, you might want to factor in uh, the time and budget to replace that front drive shaft after you get the vehicle because uh, once you lift it and put bigger tires on it, that's probably going to be the first thing to break. Uh, I'll keep you informed as we go forward with it. Um, we're just now looking at the uh, drive shaft and what it's going to cost to get it ordered. But um, once we get it, I expect it to be a pretty easy install. So with that said, uh, do me a favor, keep an eye out on trailchasers.net for more information on Steve's Jeep. We'll try to put up some pictures, and if I have time, I'll get to a blog post. Um, But my time has been limited lately, as Tony uh, announced on the last show. We are in the process of developing a podcast, and that will be not nearly as intricate as the Jeep Talk Show. It's focused primarily on having conversations with people in the off-road community, um, specifically people we're connected to through social media, so that we can learn more about their story. So uh, uh, thanks, guys, for the opportunity to give a shameless plug on your show. But uh, that's in the that's in the works, and uh, we're hoping to release soon. If you guys have any questions or feedback, please do not hesitate to contact us. You can find us at www.trailchasers.net, or we are The Trail Chasers on Instagram, at Trail Chasers on Twitter, and uh, Facebook.com slash Trail Chasers. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Well, thanks, Cody. We really appreciate that uh, information. It sounds like uh, Jeeps of all types have problems off-road from one time or another. Those Rezepa joints are uh, have been for years referred to as like a stick in a coffee can um, because uh, once they start to wear out, and, and they do on the ZJs after, after a while, uh, yeah, things go downhill relatively quickly. Now, uh, 
if you guys don't know what they are, there's some great animations on YouTube uh, that can explain, give you an idea what these things are and how they work. Um, but they are the predecessors to the Burfield joints, basically. Uh, take everything that a Rosepa joint is and, and what makes it weak, improve on it, and you get a Burfield joint, and those things are mighty strong. Now, are, are those on all Jeeps? Or all no. no not, on, not on all Jeeps. Not mine. No, not yours. Now, the CV joint or the double carton joint um, is typically what we'll find on on all you know XJs and YJs, CJs, TJs. Um, the JKs even uh, even then on the uh, on the drive line will have a have a double carton joint. Um, uh, but the uh, that Rosepa joint it was long since done done away with because of the uh, it's just not very strong at all. And just so you know, Tammy, those uh, things he's uh, he's throwing out those names I've never heard them before. So that I'm just, looking it up you. right now. That very easily could be a Henway joke. So I was just going <laughs> to caution you. <laughs> no, there. I just looked it up, and I I see pictures. Doesn't yeah. mean it's wrong. I've just never heard it I, before. But I've never had a Grand Cherokee or had any uh, interest in uh, in one and and studying how they were put together. Uh, if it had uh, XJ parts on it, then I I knew about it. But so just out of curiosity, Josh, what is the difference between? The a Rosepa and a we, Burfield? Yeah. Or, or uh, well, actually, Rezepa, one that I know, is it is it comparable to the double carton or is it? Uh, well, they, they all do the same thing. Okay, they basically yeah. Give so you an, an, a carton, how does it how does it compare to a double carton? A Burfield or a Rosepa? Either one. Uh, they have one less joint in them. Oh, really? Uh, whereas a double carton essentially has two joints or two CV joints in them. Um, the the Rosepa is... is uh, and the Burfield are, are both a single joint, but they have multiple bearings in them. And the Rosepas have like, uh, it, I, I think in most cases it was a plastic, a high temp plastic oh, or a, some goodness. sort of a, of a composite um, bearing retainer piece. And, and once those wear out, sure. which they do relatively fast, um, the thing starts falling apart relatively fast. gets easy. dry and uh, starts grating on itself. Yeah. So the, the, would that be anything comparable to the rear drive shaft in the XJ since it only has the, the, the two U-joints? If you haven't put the slip yoke eliminator in, uh, yes, I mean essentially, it, well, it it, do, it doesn't do the slip the same thing as as what a slip yoke does. It doesn't give you any of that of that compression and extension that um, uh, that a slip yoke would during during suspension cycles. The, these are typically typically more seen um, in axle joints. Although oh, Jeep did okay. do did do a a round of these in the in the drive lines of the Grand Cherokees. Okay. Well, I'll look it up. It's interesting. I uh, had not heard of that before, but like I said, I'm, I'm not a, a big Grand Cherokee, uh, aficionado. So anyway, we would normally talk about a good post on uh, Wrangler talk or xjtalk.com right here. But, uh, for tonight, we're just going to talk about those two great websites. We've been seeing a lot more activity, over on wranglertalk.com, and we really appreciate you guys joining in over there and uh, posting up your questions and pictures, and we'd like to encourage uh, any of you out there that have a Jeep or even don't have a Jeep, uh, whether it be a Wrangler, a CJ, or a TJ, uh, please go over to wranglertalk.com and join in and join in in the conversation. I did receive a, uh, a message, uh, a, um, a complaint about it being very difficult to sign up uh, and uh, <laughs> I think they uh, they equated the process of uh, trying to uh, get logged into a, a government research facility or something because uh-huh. <laughs> it was it was so difficult and we thought way too much of ourselves to have put oh, that much security into it and I I, I basically told them uh, well thank you very much for for at least trying 
And uh, yeah, that's about all I could all I can say. And the reason why I, I just said that, not well, let me fix that for you, is um, we have had a lot of problems with uh, would-be spammers uh, logging, uh, registering on the site. And after they get registered, they will spam posts. They will uh, spam uh, private messages. They do a lot of uh, this uh, basically just trying to uh, post stuff up for watches and uh, sexual aids and all kinds of things. Uh, and it's just a, it's a nightmare to try to get all that stuff removed. People that are on the site complain about it. So the, the easiest way to handle that was to make it uh, difficult for a uh, automatic uh, automated system to log in and register with the site. And that's the reason why you have to go through a few hurdles. Uh, I, I really do apologize for that. We all do over at wranglertalk.com. But uh, all I can say is it's it's worth it once you get logged on. I believe. Yes, and, uh, I, I would I would definitely second that motion. Uh, from not only personal experience, uh, having really shied away from several other online Jeep forums, uh, I really I call uh, Wrangler Talk or uh, XJ Talk one of my homes away from home. Appreciate that. And also too, we want to remind you about XJTalk.com, where we talk about. All kinds of Jeeps there as well. So one's just kind of, you know, more towards the, the Wrangler side of things, the CJ side of things. And uh, one is a little more towards the uh, the uh, 2000 uh, or the 1984 through 2001 uh, Jeep Cherokee. So take a few moments, uh, go over there now while you're listening to the show and uh, sign in, poke around and uh, uh, <laughs> get you a nice adult beverage and go through the uh, the registration process. I think all there is to it is, is it gives you those... Uh, numbers and letters that are kind of uh, different colors and weird uh, directions. You know, it makes it hard for the computers to figure it out. So uh, I don't think it's that difficult. Uh, if you if you have a, a extremely hard time getting on there, send me a message and uh, we can certainly work something out. I just don't think the guy using the, the expletives was in the mood to uh, work anything out at the time, so I just thanked him for trying. All right, so now we uh, get over to our segment that we uh, always enjoy. We like hearing from uh, Jeep Mama, and we all know that it's time to uh, shut up and listen to Jeep Mama. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for Jeep Mama. Okay, guys, so just a quick little update first before I get to is a Rubicon really a stock Jeep? Um, You know, last week, maybe it was two weeks ago, I forget, um, I posted some YouTube videos of myself trying to drive into the two feet of snow, and I labeled it, one of them was my first attempt, and it's been a week since I posted it, and it has 11,000... This morning, it was 11,140 views. It's now up to Mm -hmm. almost 11,600 views. Um, It has 20 thumbs down, which kind of makes me sad. (laughs) Just keep those views coming in. (laughs) So there I've got like 30 comments on the video, and I want to respond to one comment because I can. Um, and this is what the guy's comment was. He says, you say you would rather be rock crawling, but rock crawling will damage anything way more than snow wheeling. The only reason you are getting views is a woman driver, exclamation point, three times. <laughs> and the fact that she can't drive, exclamation point. And then he says, tip, 
say passenger driver, not just turn your wheel. And it's fastest Integra. Right. Anyway, so I went to his page and I would just like to say I think he's just jealous because none of his videos are even over a thousand views. So, and I think one or two of his videos where he's driving a Camaro, I think he's renting that Camaro and tearing <laughs> oh. up the roads. So, stick my tongue out at you, fast Integra guy. Anyway, just one other one real quick. Josh, you're going to like this one. Oh, yeah. Um, your Jeep and the tires you have in your Jeep is perfect for driving in the snow on city streets, but not when it's that deep. For snow that deep, a lift and bigger tires is what you'll need. The whole underside of the Jeep acts as an anchor, slowing your momentum. The next time you head out in the snow, drop your air pressure down yes. to about 18 to 20 PSI. Then you'll be able to contact the rubber to the snow and will greatly improve your traction. Um, dropping the air pressure was a tip that Josh suggested I do, which I didn't was because I was just kind of lazy. But next time I will. And... I think if I did drop my air pressure down, I don't think my wheels, my tires would ever hit the pavement anyway because there was so much snow. But anyway, so moving on to my Wrangler talk for today. Um, like I said, a couple weeks ago, I posted several videos on YouTube, and these videos were my attempts to drive my Wrangler out into the shoveled snow or out the shoveled driveway into the two feet of snow. And on my third attempt, we finally barreled through. And there were several comments made on these videos. I read you some of them. And some of the comments said, even without a lift and bigger tires, it would be difficult. And some of them said, I could have made it through. Anyway, the title of my videos was Stock Jeep. I used the word Stock Jeep. So one of the posters said, you know, a Rubicon really isn't a stock Jeep. So that got me thinking, and I thought, you know what? He might just be right. Now, my Rubicon is pretty much the same as it was when I drove it off the dealer lot, minus the factory rear and front bumper. I added a new rear and front bumper. I added rock sliders and an oil pan and transmission skid plate and some other items. And I just wanted to say Wrangler has three different models the Sport, the Sahara, and the Rubicon. Now, the Sport is the basic bare-bones model. When you drive it off the lot, most folks just mod it themselves. They want to start from scratch and add their own modifications. The Sahara is basically a more refined interior, and the Rubicon was upgraded for those off-road trails. They took the stock Jeep Wrangler, which is, that's what I'm calling it, and modified it at the factory by adding the rock track part-time four-wheel drive the 410 rear front and rear axles the next generation dana 44 heavy duty front and rear axle um, the true lock differentials on the front and rear now you can only get all of these items on the rubicon which is definitely not a stock jeep so I'm going to say a big thank you to the poster who opened up my eyes that I no longer have a stock Wrangler Rubicon. Um, now, I know some people say that anything off the factory lot is stock, but I'm just going to say 
I don't think a Rubicon off the factory lot is a stock Wrangler. It could be a stock Rubicon, but not a stock Jeep. Anyway, semantics there. I just, you know, wanted to give my opinion. And some other people were saying that any Jeep off the lot is a stock Jeep until you make a modification. And I said, well, even just adding my purple grill inserts would make it not stock. And they said, yes. So it's, it's all how you look at things. Tony and Josh, what do you guys think? I think you shouldn't stop quick. You might be breaking off a nose. <laughs> <laughs> who cares right <laughs> no i, I think look, people I, are telling you what you want to hear because <laughs> it's if it comes from the factory it's stock yeah i've, I've spent three uh, different nearly, wranglers i've spent almost two decades in automobile customization industries and uh it's been part of my life since before i even had a vehicle uh you're going to stab me I've in the heart. Had a, I've long had a, had a motto, <laughs> friends don't let friends drive stock. Yeah. And, and that, that has a really easy connotation because something as simple as purple grill inserts now makes your vehicle no longer stock. Now, a That's lot true. of Jeepers will think, you know, okay, well, it, it really, when we're talking about Jeeps, what makes it stock or not is the s suspension and drivetrain. And, and, and wheels and tires can even be kind of lumped into that as well. And so... A lot of guys are from the from the camp of well, you know, if you haven't you know done anything with the suspension, drivetrain, wheels, or tires, then regardless of how much other stuff you've done to the Jeep, it's still basically stock. So I mean, there's 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 a little bit of merit to both sides of the fence, but ultimately, what it comes down to is, have you done anything to your Jeep at all yourself? Right. Well, the answer is yes. You've made it your your own. You've made it custom. You've made it not stock. Now, well, what about Rubicon versus Sport? Like the Sport is the stock Wrangler. Look, you, 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 drive, you drive a Rubicon off the lot. You drive a Sport off the lot. They're both Jeeps that are both off the lot. And essentially, okay. they are both stock Jeeps at that point. Now, you put fuzzy dice in one and purple grill inserts <laughs> in the other. And hey, guess what? They're no longer stock. Yeah. Right? And you can always argue that. That's one of the fun things. Guys giving exactly. uh, each other crap about, you know, you, you put a decal on it. That doesn't, that's not customization. You know, you got to bust a knuckle. You got to add horsepower. You've got to give it a wider stance. You put larger tires, something. You got to do something that is a little more than uh, peeling and sticking. So uh, it, it all depends on how you look at it. And Tammy, if you want to think it's not sock, that's perfectly fine. It, you're right. It's just opinions. And my opinion is if it comes from the factory, it's stock. If it's the only one from the factory like that, then you might have an argument. It was something that was modified at the, at the factory for you personally. That's a little different. But if, if I can buy a Rubicon just like yours with the same features, uh, because it comes, they, they made more of one of it at the factory, then it's, it, to me it's stock. It's a stock Rubicon, but not a stock Wrangler. Well, yeah, but uh, you could also say a stock Spar Sport or a stock X, right. like the X models that the, the, the TJs came out. Sure. And, and, and the, it, this means that nothing has been modified from the factory. It's stock. It is as it comes from the factory. So if you say I have a, uh, a stock 67 Chevelle, then you know it has a certain size tires, certain motor, certain drivetrain, that nobody has done anything to it. 
And then, but if you say I have a 67 uh, Chevelle and I did blah, 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 496, a big block, a Monty four speed, blah, 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 blah. Then that isn't stock. That's been a, a lot of modifications done to it. Whether they did it or not, it's no longer stock. It's been modified. And actually right before you go racing, people want to know if it's stock or not. <laughs> and you, you don't, you don't always tell what you're doing either because you'd like it to be a surprise. That's where the term sleeper came from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, but uh, certainly nothing wrong with you, uh, with you thinking it's stock. It is a stock Rubicon, uh, but uh, that's, that's the, uh, the model name. Yep. And hey, if you guys want to chime in on this debate, by all means, drop us a line, 530-675-4102. Give our 24-7 voicemail line a call. Nobody's going to answer that, so you don't have to talk to anybody personally. And you guys can rant all you want about this very topic. <laughs> You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good, because I think... It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Hey, there's a question I see on the forums almost more than any other. And as we roll into tax season and those checks from Uncle Sam roll into our bank account, a lot of people are looking into one of the largest purchases an off-roader can make for his or her build. And if you're building a Jeep for the first time, there's two words that are probably haunting your every thought. Lift kit. Now, there are enough manufacturers and model numbers of lift kits for any of our Jeeps that it'll make your head spin. So how can a first-timer looking to gain some altitude with his or her Jeep make sure that they're doing it right? Everyone wants to get the most bang for their buck, and the almighty buck is what is going to be driving the majority of the decision-making process when purchasing a lift kit. So how much do you have to work with is going to, be, is going to determine just how big and how complete of a kit you can get. Now, obviously, we don't have time to cover every single option in every single price range for every single Jeep. So it's a good thing a lot of people before you have done their research. Now, there are a few key items, regardless of what you drive, uh, that you want to consider when looking for your first kit. First, of course, is going to be budget. Find out exactly how much you have to work with. One of the most important things to keep in mind at this point is the taller you go, the more expensive things are going to get and the more auxiliary items you're going to have to deal with. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, for instance, there's literally not much you have to take into consideration or even do to the Jeep once you've chosen to go with a budget boost. These are typically in the two inch or under range and don't modify the suspension enough for you to really have to mess with any of the steering or, or have to buy any different size tires even, although many people do. However, no matter what the platform is, TJ, XJ, YJ, even a JK, once you get into the three inch plus range, well, there's enough going on that other things will have to be taken into consideration if they're not already addressed in the kit, that is. For instance, with any linked suspension system, that means you don't have leaf springs. The more you lift the vehicle, the more the axles are going to be pulled to one side because of the fixed position of the track bar. To compensate for this and to recenter the axles under the vehicle, some of the taller and more complete lift kits come with adjustable track bars, while the smaller ones may come with a relocation bracket to reuse with your stock track bar. As you get taller with a lift, brake, lines also, brake line length rather also becomes an issue, and relocating the brackets isn't always enough. Also, with the older Jeeps, a slip yoke eliminator kit and a new driveline are oftentimes needed to eliminate driveline vibrations from the increased angles, separating that transfer case from the axle by more lift. And to ensure there's plenty of spline engagement, you're going to want one of those as well as the driveline and the suspension cycles up and down. Also, if you're going to go from stock to like six inches of lift right away, well, those stock tires are going to look awfully puny under all that lift. A new set of tires can set you back $1,000 or more. That's more, than, that's more than many people budget for the whole lift kit itself. Now, another thing you'll want to, uh, in your kit is adjustability. Definitely one thing you, you guys want to look for. 
Fixed control arms or track bars are less expensive, but don't offer the ability to dial in your Jeep back in for the new handling characteristics or finer tuning in the alignment. Keep in mind that the taller you lift, the steeper the control arm angles are going to get for short arm lift kits. These are generally less expensive than kits with adjustable arms or those attractive long arm kits we all see on the trails all the time. But those less expensive short arm kits will produce a much harsher ride the taller you go. Don't forget, you may get the you may get bit by the Jeep bug. We all do eventually. So keep in mind your own development as an off-roader. That two-inch budget boost that you went with initially can turn into a bastardized six-inch lift with some junkyard parts real quick. So keep in mind the realistic fact that your lift kit will want the ability to grow with you as your skills and confidence grow as well. I know we all pride ourselves here at the Jeep Talk Show in the ability to help others. So when I say you need to do your research, it's not because I don't want to help you. It's because we could have a one-on-one -on -one conversation for half the day just on suspension components alone. Do your research and find out what other people are saying about the kits you have been looking at. Talk with fellow Jeepers and learn what works and what doesn't, what to watch out for, tips and tricks, all that other stuff for the model of the Jeep that you drive. And if I can impart any bit of advice for you on your own Jeep build journey, it's not to cut corners. Yes, there are cheaper alternatives out there to just about everything. And yes, there are ways to get around having to do one thing or another. But if I were to build my Jeep all over again, I would do one of the hardest things there is to do in this sport, and that is to put off getting that instant gratification. And instead, save more, read more, and in the end, you'll be able to afford a much stronger, more complete lift kit that will perform just how you want for your specific needs. Remember, everybody's different. There's no reason your Jeep can't be too. So hey Jeepers, if you have a question you'd like addressed here on the show, we'll be happy to help. Just send an email with your tech questions to info at jeeptalkshow.com or you can always post a question on wranglertalk.com or xjtalk.com and I guarantee you we'll get a lot of friendly and very helpful advice to solve your problem. Who knows? Maybe we'll get one of us even to answer your next tech question. You know what Josh just said about what he would do different? Um, it kills me not to have a lift kit <laughs> and bigger tires. It just kills me. But I feel how Josh feels. The instant gravitation is not worth my research, my time, saving the money to get the right lift kit for my Jeep. Yeah, you don't want to uh, just buy a lift kit for the sake of buying a lift kit and because uh, your buddy has the same one or because you've seen more Jeeps with that lift kit on the trail and you want to be just like them. Uh, mm -hmm. Trust me, an ounce of research goes a long way. Yeah, it really does. And it'll save you money in the long run. Absolutely. Uh, and, and one of the things I kept trying to uh, tell Tammy is go higher on the lift that, that she wants initially because everybody buys two lifts. They buy the first one, and then as they learn and use it and see what everybody else is doing, they go with a bigger one. Uh, and I think that's almost always true on uh, Jeep Cherokees. Uh, I, uh, I don't know about the Wrangler crowd as much. Uh, but uh, in the uh, in the XJ realm, you always go up another two inches. So well, let, let me let me uh, let me put this into a little bit of perspective very quickly for you. Uh, there's three guys that I wheel with regularly that all have Wranglers. Um, two of them are on their second lift kit. <laughs> One of them saved his money, and uh, and he is on his first lift kit yeah. and his last lift kit. What uh, what lift did he uh, did he go with on that one? What uh, size uh, lift? What size? Yeah. It was a three and a half inch long arm kit on uh, on the Wrangler, and that was a uh, it was a metal cloak kit. Gotcha. Those are the metal cloak and Clayton off road are the two um, 
that I've heard that I should go for. Yeah, one of my uh, buddies uh, bought a Wrangler used, pretty much stock. I think it might have had a budget boost. Um, promptly put a Zone lift kit on it, and within the first year had pretty much yanked everything off of it and gone with something else. <laughs> yeah. But it was fun having it lifted quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Amazon.com and the Jeep Talk Show present You Bought What? what? Oh, love the Amazon You Bought What. We're only bringing it to you once every three weeks now, so hopefully you're enjoying it as much as uh, we are. And, uh, well, Josh, uh, clue the folks in what this, uh, this is exactly. Well, what is this? Well, this is a great way for you guys to support your favorite off-road podcast. That's right. We have a great little setup with Amazon.com, and it uh, enables you guys to help us keep the lights on and help keep uh, bringing you guys top content here on the show each and every week. And all you got to do is go to uh, jeeptalkshow.com slash Amazon. And anything that you put in your cart on Amazon.com from that point forward, we will get a little bit of credit for. Well, you got to make the purchase first, actually. Um, but uh, we're not going to get charged anything. You're not going to get charged anymore. They don't jack up the prices or subsidize this in any way. Uh, not a dime, not a red cent more gets added to the price. Amazon just agrees to give us a small kickback off of whatever you purchase. And that's where things get interesting because we don't get to see who buys what. All we get to see is what has been purchased. And that's, uh, well, some odd things end up getting up on the list. Occasionally, everything from bacon salt to crotchless panties and, and everything in between, uh, including Jeep parts, guys. And that's where um, we have some cool stuff that comes in every now and again. And we've got a few items to share with you guys tonight. From the Automotive Recovery Department, a two-pack, three-quarter-inch, 19-millimeter D-ring shackle. They're not purple. 4.5-ton boat marine anchor bow screw pin, and they're for $13.95. Um, this sale includes two shackles with screw pins, zinc-plated for the ultimate corrosion resistance, three-quarter-inch thick, and it's rated for 4.5 tons. That's 9,000 pounds. <laughs> Slightly more than your mama. <laughs> oh, those Amazon, those Amazon people know how to write. Oh yep. boy, do they! <laughs> so uh, here's a uh, an HP 10.1 inch Android 5.0 Lollipop tablet, one Ooh. gigabit uh, or gigabyte of RAM, 16 gigabyte eMMC Wi-Fi Bluetooth, only 119.99 with free shipping. It has a, a, a display as a 10.1 inch diagonal, 1280 by 800, which is an excellent, excellent pixel rating. Uh, capacitive 5 point multi touch enabled. Uh, memory is 1 gigabyte uh, DDR3L. Storage is 16 gigabyte eMMC flash memory. Processor is a 1.3 um, uh, MediaTek MT8127 for you guys taking notes uh, with an ARM uh, Cortex or Cotex A7. And uh, it's an, it has the Android 5.0 Lollipop, which is the operating system. It does the uh, Wi-Fi 802.11bg uh, and n, which means it probably covers anything you got. Uh, Bluetooth 4.0, uh, Microsoft, uh, I'm sorry, micro SD slot supports up to 64 gigabytes of, uh, of memory, which is pretty good because uh, it traditionally has been 32. So this is yeah. even better with the 64 and comes with dual cameras. I'm sure that means one in the back and one in the front. So uh, thank you very much for making that purchase and uh, taking the time to go to Jeep Talk Show slash Amazon before you did. And you know, with one of these things a, and the, uh, the Torque oh, app and a Bluetooth dongle, you yep. can get real-time diagnostics displayed on a 10.1-inch screen 
uh, coming live from your Jeep. So that is really cool. I like that. 90, uh, 1997 or later. That's right. That's right. Well, this one uh, came out of the personal health category. And anytime I see an item pop up in this category, well, my spidey senses just start to tingle. Because oftentimes the personal health category is where our curveballs come in. And, uh, well, this one is uh, no exception. I think somebody was uh, has some wishful thinking, let's just put it that yes. way. Because this is a 12-count pack of lubricated double extra large condoms oh. and um this is uh, from the durex brand this is the number one's world number one world condom brand trusted for over 80 years that means there's a good chance that even your nana knows about these extra large lubricated condoms for greater comfort and better fit but let's face it when you're trying to dress a cocktail wiener in a garbage sack their fitment isn't really at the top of your list now is it each condom is 100 electronically tested for strength electronically flexibility and reliability Electronically tested. Well, yeah, I, I guess that's better than personally tested, I suppose. Um, and now in a new pleasant scent. Sorry, we can't do anything about the tastes yet, so quit using them as chewing gum, please. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys did the calculation, but that's 39 cents a hit or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> now, I just went to look to see if Talk they about had about pictures. <laughs> but they just have a picture of the box. How do you yes. know how big extra large is or double extra large? Well, if you have to ask, <laughs> it's, I, I, yeah, never mind. I, okay. This could go Moving right along, very quickly. Right? You're, yep. you're usually told, Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> it's usually, it's by experience or you're told. Hey, baby. <laughs> I'm going to start turning oh, around. Can we get to the campfire, please? <laughs> how do you know? just found out what you bought oh my god i just can't believe that made it on the list all right well a little fun there and now we're doing a little uh, campfire side chat well hey speaking of things that got uh, kind of shot around the campfire a little bit no it wasn't a leaky condom uh, somebody yeah. in uh the chat room earlier i think it was uh, during our pre-show um had asked about some of the jeep talk show cards that i had made up at the uh the end of last year and um, I had these for the uh, the end of the show season out here in in Northwest, um, and uh, didn't have a chance to go through them all yet. And as uh, spring is starting to spring, almost spring I know in. we're barely even to uh, Valentine's Day yet. Um, show season has started. Uh, in fact, there's a lot more runs coming up and everything else. So we had somebody ask about those Jeep talk show cards in our chat room and if they can get their hands on some. Well. We do have a link available for you guys if you are looking to get your hands on some of these, and I'm holding them up for our live studio audience or our, our live viewers that were. Um, and my camera is not doing a very good job of focusing, but these is this essentially is the Jeep Talk Show cards that I'm holding up, and it's basically just a nice little announcement to help spread the word about the Jeep Talk Show. Now I've done all the work for you guys in creating these, and you can get your hands on some as well to help promote the show if you're interested in doing that. Uh, the cards are extremely cheap through Vistaprint. I have the design already ready to go, and I can send you a direct link to get this order yourself if you are interested in helping us out, spreading the word about the Jeep Talk Show this year, and get your hands on some of these little cards. So once again, if you are interested in getting yourself some Jeep Talk Show cards, like the ones I'm holding up on the screen right now, by all means, send us a private message or uh, drop us a line to info at jeeptalkshow.com, and we'll go ahead and make sure that you, you get the link uh, to get these cards for yourself. Excellent. So uh, I don't really have anything to report on my XJ. Uh, my uh, uh, last day was uh, last Friday, and uh, I haven't driven my uh, <clears throat> excuse me my Jeep very much. 
Um, have not had a chance to uh, look into the popping noise. Haven't had much of a chance to, to do anything. Well, I take that back. I've had chances, but I haven't much felt like it because uh, I don't know how you know. I don't know how you guys handle it whenever uh, the the job ends and it was a surprise and uh, uh, just kind of been uh, holding on and spending time with the family, uh, trying yeah. to trying to get over the shock of uh, not being employed. So uh, looking for jobs. No, there's of definitely definitely uh, uh, you know time for that, Tony. I mean, you got to go through some decompression and kind of kind of you know got to regroup and uh, you know collect your forces and go back out there again. And that that, that is a process you got to go through. Uh, so it's you know, like all too grieving. well about uh, yeah, not yeah, having really the motivation is. as it were behind you. Yeah, it really is. Like well, you, and you you, uh, you know you get in this downward spiral that nothing's gonna you know you're never gonna work again. Uh, you never were that good to start with, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was only a matter of time before they figured you out. So, uh, but it's, I, I have to keep reminding myself it wasn't a termination. The company just literally is having financial issues. And uh, they, uh, uh, if, if they continue on for, for very much longer, I would be very surprised. So it's a, it's a shame for everybody involved. And uh, it's just, um, I, I don't know, I, there is no guarantees in life. And whenever you are working at a job and you feel comfortable there, you uh, you may think that everything's going along fine, but it you know you know logically and in reality anything could change that at any moment, and uh, so you know you just need to, to keep that in mind and make sure that you keep the things that were more important to you uh, at the forefront of uh, of what you're doing, which is uh, the family. So uh, I did drive uh, the Jeep uh, Tuesday to a job interview and. Really? Uh, I got there at, uh, it was a, a 10 a.m. interview, and I got there at 10.07. Uh, I guess I was there about about the right time, but trying to find a parking spot and so on and so forth. Went up, shook the guy's hand. He says, we're a stickler about being on time for interviews, so we're going to cancel this interview. Wow. <laughs> that is just, ugh. That's- that's a little give him bit the finger? harsh. I have a, a lot of experience in computers, uh, many, many years, and uh, I have never, nor would I consider, I mean, I might make a mental note that they were, you know, late to the interview and maybe may even make a, a comment about that. Uh, sure. Ask them something about, did you have a hard time and so on and so forth. And, uh, but, uh, I had never been to that place before and, uh, it was certainly my responsibility to be there on time, but I was just really surprised by that. And the way I looked at it was, it's kind of good to know about that, that company's right. more attention to something that's not nearly as important, especially in the IT field, uh, <laughs> compared to what their, their abilities are. So, uh, anyway, I, uh, that, uh, kind of took, yeah, took me back that's a little the bit. That's the kind of company that end up canning you because you pass gas in the server room or something. I mean that you right. know. I guess so. I don't. I, I don't know how they uh, how they're how they're doing business wise, but that's uh, that's that's probably what, what with a lot there. of unhappy employees. I'm guessing. <laughs> a lot of they they probably have a lot of turnover. But anyway, yeah. I, I looked at that as a sign that uh, that was not a good job to have. So. No. Well, speaking of turnover, there was a lack of turning over in my garage this weekend as oh, I no. did not get a chance to finish my Jeep, although I did do some work on it. Okay, um, good. I, I thought you to, had got, got to the point and it wouldn't start. but uh, No, no. unfortunately, okay. I, 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 uh, I haven't quite gotten that far yet. So all I have left is the starter, plugs, wires, and the uh, bell housing inspection cover. That is literally the last things that I have to do to the Jeep. 
uh, at least to get it started again. Mm-hmm. Man, and I cannot wait. Uh, once I got that that intake manifold all all torqued down and everything bolted on, and and uh, and here I'm going to share this with you guys. And and you, you might, I might post this in the uh, in the thread that I I've got a gazillion pictures to go through, guys. This is going to take forever posting all this stuff that I've got uh, for what I've been doing to this thing, but. Um, I uh, I ended up putting my idle air control valve on backwards. Oh yeah, yeah. How, how do you do that? Well, it's really easy because it there's four bolts and they're symmetrical and and uh, and I wasn't paying attention. And so I get this thing all on and I'm, I'm getting ready to to put on my uh, uh, my throttle cables and and you know all that stuff back onto the throttle body itself. Oh wait, there's this big thing in the way and oh the harness doesn't reach. Ah, oh, what did I do? <laughs> so oh, when you say backwards, you mean it, you mean it was pointing forward? It was pointing forward. Yeah, oh, I've done it where it's upside back. down, and the the, oh, the plug no. is you have to twist the plug the other way, so yeah. you you have to turn it back over. But yeah, okay. So no, I uh, yeah, I just, uh, ended up uh, bass backwards. So off came the throttle body because once it's on, the fuel rail prevents you from getting to those torque screws, uh, the bottom two torque screws. Not without at least a, a lot of work. And, mm-hmm. and so I was like, all right, screw it. It's yeah, just four bolts. Just, pull just the whole thing to back take off, off and, right? And uh, and yeah, just uh, you know go through a little disassembly and reassembly and, and had it back uh, back back working well as it were so uh yeah i'm, I'm really excited because I, i've done look i mean i had i had this nasty exhaust leak for a long time and there was other things that that have you know i've i've had issues with the jeep obviously the leaks and everything else so it's going to be really really cool for me to start this jeep up for the first time since august and to hear it run for probably the first time in in more than a year without an exhaust leak. Now, I haven't heard it run in six months, so you know it's yada yada. But uh, but plus with all these performance um, enhancements that I've done and everything else, I'm really really excited to drive my Jeep again. I bet, especially not driving a Jeep for that long. Yeah. Well, no, I've driven Jeeps. I just haven't driven my own Jeep. <laughs> So, so what's, what's going up? on? What's going on with Tammy's Jeep? Uh, you had some blower noise uh, recently, Tammy. We tracked that down to uh, what was potentially, or most likely, anyways, a um, a, a loose fan assembly uh, inside oh, yeah. the actual blower assembly. Has that been has that been fixed? Um, actually, I was supposed to go in last Monday, but they couldn't get any cars into the dealership because of the snow. So I'll be going next week. Um, so I'm still pretty sure it's the blower. Um, and another thing that I know I talked about a couple couple shows ago about changing out my um, EVAP canister. Should I, what do you call it? Should I get a skid plate or should I remo- remove it and replace it? Not replace it. Relocate it. Relocate it. There you go. I couldn't think of the word. So anyway, I, you know, I've been doing some research on that, and I think I'm not going to relocate it. I think I'm just going to go ahead and go for um, a skid plate for that evap canister. So just do research. Basically, is what I've been doing with for my Jeep. There you go. Excellent. Well, that's fun. Little up to date things on what's going on with our Jeeps. Uh, hopefully, I'll be motivated here in a little while and uh, get some things done on my Jeep. Um, hopefully, I'll get some good news about another job soon too. There you go. So let's well, get over to my, our. Uh, I'm sorry. I was going to say I'm just going to be keeping my fingers crossed for you over here, Tony. Well, thank you. Let's get over to Wheeling Where. 
And this is where we're going to talk about what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. As you guys heard at the top of the show, uh, King of the Hammers is in full swing. And we got, as we are recording this, about another 48 hours of event time uh, left to go uh, before they wrap up this year's um, this year's King of the Hammer. So if you are interested in getting um, getting in on that and want to find out more information or try and catch the last little bit of King of the Hammers, well, make sure you guys head over to ultra4racing.com. Now, something a little bit um, a little bit else going on in the Jeep world as far as events go. Well, this is um, the longest running off-road event in the nation. It's the Tierra del Sol 54th Annual Desert Safari. That That's right. There's been 53 years of these happening. Uh, before this point. Um, once again, this is the longest running off-road event in the nation. Tierra del Sol is one of Southern California's largest nonprofit, family-oriented, that's right, family-oriented 4x4 clubs. They offer four-wheeling camping and other events suitable for the entire family, from scenic trails appropriate for stock and novice drivers to ultra-crazy hardcore trails for the very experienced. TDS has something for everyone. The event is happening March 4th and March 6th in Ocotillo Wells, California. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, for more info, head over to www.tds4x4.com. That's it for this week, uh, Jeep Junkies. If, wherever you guys are wheeling, if you pack it in, pack it out. Let's leave our outdoor recreation spots in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. And remember to always tread lightly, stay on designated trails, and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. If you guys have an event coming up in your area, let's get the word out. Whether it's a show and shine, a cruise in, a club run, or a fundraiser, it doesn't matter even if it's a huge event like the Easter Jeep Safari, which is coming up around the corner. Let us know by giving us a call or sending us an email to info at jeeptalkshow.com. We know you guys are making purchases out there all the time. We see it in our Amazon You Bought What segment every three weeks. Next time you guys order your Jeep parts, make sure you ask the business if they know about us. Let them know just how much you guys enjoy the podcast. And if you're buying a product or service from a vendor because of a review or a discussion you guys heard here on the show, let the vendor know. And if they don't already, be sure and let them know about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. So you guys make sure and visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Jeep Talk Show. We're on the Twitter at Jeep Talk Show. We're on Stitcher Radio, tuned in, iTunes, YouTube websites. If you like the show, help us out and be sure and tell a friend. Don't forget that you can be part of the show as well. We're always looking for additional people. We'd love to hear about your uh, Jeep Renegade, your uh, new Jeep Trailhawk, uh, Cherokee, any of those things that you have. We'd like to have you on to talk about it here on the Jeep Talk Show. Hey, one of my coworkers got a Jeep Renegade. I'm going to actually see if I can't uh, get some up-close and personal footage of me messing with him and of that. So that should be (laughs) Do one of those, uh, (laughs) what do you you call those things when you put the wheel up on the other Jeep? uh, Oh, a little little tire stand. When you're flexing? Yeah, Yeah, a little flex in action. You need to do that with the... I don't even think you get that thing up on a curb. (laughs) (laughs) That's why. No, you can flex your... Oh, yeah. I don't know. You could get the the high lift jack out and help him. (laughs) <laughs> hey, and folks, and don't forget to go to Jeep Mama, J-E-E-P-M-O-M-M-A.com and check out my blog. And of course, make sure you guys are telling a friend about the show. Make sure you guys are spreading the word about the Jeep Talk Show. We want to take over the world, guys. Have the entire planet covered with our show, guys. It'd be awesome. So please make sure you guys are telling a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes and, of course, on YouTube as well. Oh, and uh, please uh, check out uh, MUCCSMUX.com. It's a little computer consulting thing that I do, and uh, I can access your PC from anywhere in the world. 
and uh, help you out with uh, viruses, load up a printer driver, many, many things. And uh, 20 bucks will get you a long way. So you guys have a great week and uh, we'll see you next week. See you later. Bye-bye. 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 Warning, the Jeep Talk Show is intended for entertainment purposes only. Used as directed. In relation to actual information, real Jeeps or persons living or dead are purely coincidental. The Jeep Talk Show is not responsible for lost or stolen items, and some assembly is required. For a full list of restrictions and contest rules, see store for details. Batteries not included. The Jeep Talk Show is for external use only. Contents under pressure. Side effects may include vertigo, uncontrollable laughter, or greasy discharge and false kung fu powers. The Jeep Talk Show and its contents are known to cause cancer in the state of California. It is probably not a federal law to use this product in a manner inconsistent with its labeling. The Jeep Talk Show may be a choking hazard. Keep out of reach of small children. All safety precautions must be observed when using the Jeep Talk Show. If you feel you've reached this recording in error, please hang up and try your call again.